Welcome back to the Sin Bin Podcast presented by Dorm Room Sports. I'm Brian. I'm here with Derek and Brandon, two hockey players and a broadcaster. And we are almost to the finish line of the season. We've got one more hurdle to go over, and that is the Stanley Cup final. But both teams are set in place. First team being the Colorado Avalanche took down the Edmonton Oilers in a four game sweep. Here are the final moments from game four. Shot earlier. Avs control, held, out for McCarr, shot stop, rebound, Lexington and scores! The Colorado Avalanche are headed to the Stanley Cup final! That was Kenny Albert's call on TNT. Final moments where the Avalanche swept the Edmonton Oilers. And guys, I figured the Avalanche would take this. I figured they would win this series. I mean, there's almost no question, but... I didn't think they would do this much damage on the Oilers. Yeah, um, I feel like everybody and their mother knew that Edmonton had no chance. Um, Yeah, it was just from the start, it was kind of like, I mean, that game one was what, eight to six? It was a crazy game. Um, In that game, I thought maybe Edmonton would win at least one game, but it was just pure dominance and – just awful goaltending from Mike Smith and defensive play from Edmonton. Um, they had no chance. They really had no chance whatsoever. Colorado's offense is too dominant, even without Kadri. We'll get you to that later. But, um, yeah, I mean, they, they did a pretty good job, I think, of shutting down. Well, I mean, McDavid and Dryside will still produce, but containing them to a point where they can still win every single game um, and sweep Edmonton. So um, pretty embarrassing on Edmonton's part, but I guess uh, they never really stood a chance out the gate uh, anyway. So um, yeah, Colorado's a wagon in that conference. Yeah, much weaker conference in the East, but you know, yep. they're dominant. So, Brandon, how it's going to go? Oh, it was a pretty entertaining series overall, even though it was only uh, a four game sweep. Um, I mean, that last game was awesome, 6-5 overtime. I mean, very entertaining. It sucks that Edmonton lost. I was hoping at least go 6. 7 would have been a crazy series to watch. But I think all games were pretty entertaining. I mean, the first game was insane, 9-6. You know, the other games got – the other games, 2 and 3, got pretty tight. So, I mean, it was – I think it gave us um, – just like the, the Edmonton um, – or just like the Battle of Alberta, it gave us everything that we were, were hoping for just not the length because um, every game was entertaining Yeah. Um, in this Colorado Edmonton, you know, it, yeah. it, in the end, I think like everybody's been saying, like we all called it, Mike Smith just didn't hold, hold up for him. Um, Colorado had a game plan. You had to contain two guys and they did that. And then they got the Vanner Kane out of for game four to take care of business. So good series. I enjoyed it. And I had abs come into the finals anyway, so yep. not surprised. Just surprised about the like the this the the games played in the series. Yeah, I expect a sweep. I not me either. Um, the two things that that got me thinking about the future for the Avalanche, and Derek already alluded to one of them. Nazem Kadri 
had surgery on his thumb. He got boarded by, I think it was, was there? No, it was Amanda Kane. Amanda Kane. Kane he got um, and which, yeah, he got suspended for the final game of the series, which wasn't going to matter anyway. But Nazem Kadri had surgery on his thumb. Now, I don't know if that was from the boarding or, or what happened, but um, he may be back, may not. We have really no idea. Um, I think he's going to come back if if he re- even remotely feels close to like 60%. Um, so I, I mean, I think there may, be, I mean, I don't know. It's a Stanley Cup final and a guy, I like Kadri. He's a tough player. So I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is there. And uh, I don't know if Derek or Brandon, I don't know if either of you guys have more information on that, but uh, from what I'm seeing, it's just kind of up in the air. Can he so, break his arm? Uh, no. He I think he just thumb. had surgery on his thumb. Brandon, oh, you went through that sorry. as a young as a young hockey player. You got hit from behind when we were what peewees, and you broke your thumb. Had surgery on it. No, it was, it was, I was older than that. I thought uh, it was like U sixteen. I think because so I was in high school. No, I was in high school. Yeah, because I remember it was the then. first time, really the first time I ever broke my thumb, and I remember distinctly because I had a, like a kid come up to me. In high school, he was like, "Oh, dude, what happened?" I was like, "I broke my thumb in a hockey game." He literally like smacked my wrist, my my wrist when I had a cast on, and I slammed his head into a locker because it hurt so bad. <laughs> so that's really what I remember, like one of my most distinct memories, like very like very vivid memories. I don't know if I'm using words correctly. I don't know. I just remember that so clearly <laughs> that happened. Um, yeah, I was in high school. I love it. Go oh yeah, it was like it was like U sixteen year. Um, but yeah, that took me like, I think eight to 10 weeks to heal up, yeah. but that was also like my first ever broken bone. I was listening to the doctor. So, but this is not from Kadri, probably just like heal for a couple weeks, take a shot of cortisone into the arm and he'll be fine. So I read up on NHL.com today, Bednar didn't rule him out for the series, but I mean, his progress is the most recent thing I've heard is he's skated, but without a stick. So he's not gripping a stick yet. And from what I remember, comparing it to Brandon, he would join practices, but he would not skate around the stick. So I feel like, I mean, he's in the NHL, you know, quarters of them shot. They got all types of shit that can make these players play. He's a tough bastard. Um, I feel like he comes back if there's like a game five or six. I feel like we won't see him in Colorado, maybe in Tampa, but like to start the series at least. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. But that um, we'll see. Also, Cogliano had a similar one because he blocked a shot on a power play. He had – he broke – I don't know what hand it is, but he got the other hand. Let's just say Kadri broke his left thumb. Cogliano broke his right. So he is out as well. They have, like, the same exact diagnosis. They both had the same surgery and everything. So that's, um, that's two players that are out because Cogliano is a very good penalty killer and a veteran presence there on that Colorado team. And we know how good Kadri was in – the Unreal. semifinals, I mean, especially. I mean, and he he still stepped up there in the conference finals, but in the semifinals, especially against St. Louis, when the whole thing went down that we talked about last week, it's. Yeah. I mean, he, he is such a valuable player when he's on the obviously when he's on the ice. I mean, obviously he's had some history of, of suspensions and and poor time suspensions, and this year it seemed like the Avalanche just basically pulled him aside and said, Hey, you better clean your shit up because we're trying to win a cup here. And now of course, just kind of bad luck for him. 
Um, it's something that's completely out of his control too. But um, I, I tell you, a guy who stepped up and and props to the front office for Colorado, Arturi Lekkonen has been unbelievable in these playoffs. He's got 11 points in, in 14 games and played really, really well in this series against Edmonton. Yeah, he – um. so I right when they got him, I was like, that's a sick pickup because he is – He's more valuable than what the than what the, the stats read because he's an unbelievable two-way player. Solid in Montreal last year. Also, he has won back-to-back years. He has sent his team in, in with an overtime game winner to the Cup final. Did it last year with Montreal <laughs> against Vegas, and then he did it this year with Colorado against Edmonton. Um, he's just a clutch playoff performer. I mean, that's two massive moments back-to-back years for that guy. Um, just another just alludes to their depth. You know, I think they'll be just fine without. I mean, Kadri is a huge loss, but I mean, they got guys that can step up and play. So, uh, Lekkonen has been a treat for them for sure. Lekkonen in the four games against Edmonton had an assist or had a point in game one, two points in game two, and three points in game four. So, that if you count that up, that is six of his 11 points of the playoffs mm-hmm. in those four games. Uh, really, That's just in three games, he didn't do anything in game three. So, um, props to Lekkonen, props to the front office for going and getting him and uh, helping that depth because everyone and their mother knows how important depth is when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then lastly, it's the goaltending for me. That I, I think it seems like Kemper is going to come back because he backed up Francois in, in the game four but he did go out with an injury in game three. Francois came in, played well for a little bit, and then got lit up late, there late in the third. But um, it looks like Kemper's going to come back. So that's a good that's good news for Colorado because Francois didn't look incredible in game four. Yeah, so Kemper, I believe, is going to be the game one starter. Sounds like he's back and totally healthy. But um... – Sealy does in the cup final because he has not been playing up to par. And I have stuck up for this guy. We had a, an argument in one of our first podcasts way back when, at the beginning of the season, I said Kemper is better than Grubauer. I still stand by it. Um, but he has not shown and proven that point in this playoffs. And the play particularly, you know, unbelievable. So um, he's got a lot of work to do because he's going to be playing a Tampa team um, that we all know is very skilled up front. So um, it's going to be a big challenge for Kemper because um, he, I mean, I haven't seen anything that has proven otherwise to my point of he has not played very well up to, up to par, so to speak. Yeah. Brandon. Yeah. I'm really excited for the goalie matchup, especially with Kemper coming back. Um, I had Lightning taken a huge leg up over Colorado just because of the goalie matchup. Of course. But now that it's Kemper, I mean, he has that injury, but it's playoffs, so maybe he's fully healthy now. That's what they're saying, and it could be a really good uh, goalie battle. I don't think it's going to be nearly as close as what we just saw with the Rangers and Lightning, with Stark and Vassie, but um, it definitely helps the the Colorado Avalanche. So, uh I'm excited to see this goalie matchup and this this both these guys battle out for the cup. It's going to be really good. Um, I think Tampa still. I mean, it's Kemper. 
he's good, but I mean, Vasilevsky, come on. What a treat we had. In the world. What a treat we had in that conference final between Tampa and New York, the goalie matchup. Both goalies played phenomenal over the course of the series. We'll get to that in a minute. Rangers Ooh. let down Shesterkin big time. Yes, very much yeah, so. We'll get to that good. series in just a sec, though. Um, I do want to pump up uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl real quick. I mean, these two guys, which we know what they do over the regular season, but there was a narrative about these guys in the playoffs, considering Edmonton couldn't do much of anything in the playoffs. Um, but Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, are the most points in the playoffs, and it's not even remotely close. McDavid with 33, Dreisaitl with 32. Basically, anything you see about these guys and their playoff performances, it comes down to like three or four names. And those four names that it could possibly be would be Gretzky, Lemieux, McDavid, and Dreisaitl. Like, these guys just put up ridiculous numbers and uh, props to them. I mean, Dreisaitl was basically on a – on a leg. bum bum leg for the for the second half of their run, and props to him for still putting up thirty two points and and just grinding it out all the way through. Um, Evander Kane, what a great pickup that ended up being, except for the sussy in Game Four. But I mean, had thirteen goals, which still leads the playoffs right now, including I think a couple hat tricks during the playoffs. So Oilers did enough to get to the conference finals, but like we've said from the beginning. It is goaltending. They're not going to win a cup with Mike Smith in that. I think they need more depth on D, too. Yeah, yeah Duncan Keith going, their probably offense, going away their is going to help that. Awesome. Their yeah. offense is awesome now. If they can keep Clearly, Evander yeah. Kane. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, Duncan Keith will probably hit the road here this year for this offseason. I don't think so. You don't think? No. Because the whole reason he got traded to them was because he wanted to be closer to his kid. And they had a good run. I think he stays for, I think he signs another, I think he signs a two-year deal. Um, I think he's still got two more years in him. What is he, 35 or is he 37? I don't know. He's old as dirt, though. That's all I know. He's older, but I mean, he he's a, still a solid defense. Maybe you can keep him on like a third pair, put him with a young guy if you have a young guy. And he can be a veteran guy on a, on a pair with a young kid. I think that'd be good for them. Um I don't know if I would sign him because, uh, you know, he got cap issues and he's, he's already made a lot of money. Maybe sign him for two and a half, two years, or, or maybe you sign, give him a little more next season. Oh yeah. He's still, yeah. So he still has one more season at five and a half mil and he's 38. Okay. Oh, he's 38. Okay. So, so they yeah. still have him for one more year, but I think he stays. They had a good run this year. You get a goaltender, huge improvement. You get one more solid D for them. Big improvement. Keep Evander Kane. Those like you need three a things. defensive defenseman. Yeah, you get a defensive defenseman. You get a goaltender, and you get Evander Kane to stay. There's three things that's going to make them that much better for mm-hmm. next year for a yeah. deeper run. And um, Anaheim did come out today and said that John Gibson would be available on the trade block. So just please, dear God, get him for that the Caps. Would, that would GMBM. be fun. That, it'd be awesome to see Caps Gibson, Gibson go for another cup next year. I mean, they still have Mike Smith under contract next year. Yeah, I think he's got one more year, right? I think he's mulling retirement because he is 40. Yeah. And, I mean, I think for the betterment of the team, team he's bounced. Oh, did you guys see um, Koskinen already signed somewhere else? He's going overseas to play. Miko Koskinen? He was plus for the Oilers. That's huge. 
Mike Smith stays, back up whoever comes in next year. I mean, good for good for the Oilers. Huge. I think Koskinen was only making like 1.2 mil, but that's still something. No, he was making four and a half. Oh, then was Mike Smith making 1.2? Mike no, Smith was making, making like 2.2. 2.2. Okay, I got the point two right. I must have misread the tweet or something because I they were saying like that whoever, whichever goalie decides to go is going to be a big help because oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's that's huge. Yeah. And Costin, the more expensive one, wasn't yeah, he's headed, he's headed to Switzerland. He signed to Switzerland with HC Logano. He should have gone to the if that's the okay, case, he just bounced. See, so yeah, go that's on. good. Huge for the Oilers. I think if Mike, if they can, Mike Smith sees that he can stick around for one year at two point two as a backup, and they got to get someone to come and fulfill that one 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 A role. He can be a one B for one more year. Oh, he'd, be a great someone, he'd be a great backup for someone like John Gibson. Look at Brian Elliott still yeah. going. Yeah, he's a couple of years younger, but look at Brian Elliott still going as yeah. a backup. You need someone Oosh. to come in. How much do you think Edmonton's front office might have pushed Koskinen out a little bit? Probably. They said, hey, hey, kid, listen, back your shit. You're awful. <laughs> yeah, here. you're not starting next year. So, <laughs> probably so, like we'll pay, for, we'll pay for your housing overseas. We'll pay for your car overseas. We'll pay for your groceries. Yep. The team's already going to do that, but we'll pay. We'll double it. Just yep. leave. So, yeah, beat it. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 Um, so, props to the Colorado Avalanche making the Stanley Cup final. But – the team that they're going to be facing, Derek's Tampa Bay Lightning, they are headed to the Stanley Cup final. And here is the final moments from their Eastern Conference final victory. Final seconds ticking off. Tampa Bay wins. They're on to the Stanley Cup final for the third year in a row. That was ESPN's broadcast of Tampa Bay's Series clinching seconds uh, after Steven Stamkos had a huge game six, put up two goals, the only two goals for the Lightning, um, which was unbelievable. The first one, I don't, I have still have no idea how it went in. A little squeaker under the glove of Shesterkin. And then, uh, then New York tied it up there. I think it was like middle of the third. If I, I think middle of the third, right? Like seven minutes left or something yep. like that. Sam Coast took the lead with 21 seconds, uh, 21 seconds after. Yep. And um, just unbelievable stuff from the defending champs or two time defending champs. And they are headed back to the Stanley Cup final. But look, as much as I got to say, I think this is going to be the toughest test of the three Stanley Cup finals. Oh, 100%. Last I mean, year it was even almost, even a cadreless avalanche, I think, is better than either of the last two teams that they played. I, I could agree with that to an extent. Um, you know, Dallas was a very defensive minded team under Rick Bonus. I can't believe him saying Anton Hudobin was their starting goalie, but he caught fire he was sick. in the bubble. He was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. He reminded me of Tim Thomas and the Bruins because he's just so wacky. Um, but he made it work. I mean, they they got it done in six, but then, I mean, let's be honest, they probably should have swept Montreal in the final because it was just a major mismatch. I mean, that was just ridiculously – like, just a mismatch. It was so – oh, it was brutal. I think the Lightning decided, eh, we'll just let this one go in OT. But anyway, 
Um, yeah, definitely it's going to be quite the test. I think both teams are getting their biggest test of the entire playoffs, more so on the Avalanche's part because I really – I said this all along. The West is so much weaker than the East. It just is. It's facts. I mean, look at look at who we just saw play against each other. The two best goalies in the world just went head-to-head. That just proves my point even more. I mean, Shesterkin was – I mean, I'll give the Rangers credit. They jumped on the Lightning in games one and two. Lightning were rusty. You can't even use that as an excuse. They had nine days of rest. That's not an excuse, but let's just say they were rusty. And um, Shesterkin played unbelievable. He almost won them that game six. He made 10 bell after 10 bell after 10 bell save. It was ridiculous to watch. That kid is going to be unreal, even though he's only one year younger than Vasilevsky. He played a lot in the KHL, but he's just unbelievable. Yep. Um, John Cooper said it pretty much best. It's like it was like we had we played only four games in in the second round. The Rangers went to seven in both of their first two rounds. And he goes, it just came down to them getting more tired quicker. It was like it came yeah. down to fatigue. It was like they they took the first two games on us. It was like we weren't ready. Then we should have been after all that rest, but it was like, and then it just seemed like they just got tired. And yeah. Yeah, it's, that's exactly what it seemed like. It's, I think the legs of the Rangers finally caught up to them after playing 14 games in two rounds. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I get what he said there, but I, I don't feed into the excuse of their legs got tired when the Lightning have played the most games out of any team the last couple of years. But, I mean, I guess it plays part in it. They battled back and beat Pittsburgh. They battled. I mean, that was a battle against Carolina. That was a tough series, too. So, I get what he's saying there. I mean, I guess you can kind of put that in there, say that. Um, they're a younger, more inexperienced team, the Lightning, as well. Um, I don't know. I just think the Lightning forgot how to play their game and buy into their system, and then they bought, really bought in game three through six. I mean, they just really did. They locked it in. They played unbelievably defensively. That comeback in game three was serious turn. Like, that turned the series around. They were down 2 nothing, And then they just – that comeback win in game three – pretty much change um, the outcome of what the series is going to be and everybody thought it was going to be. So um, it was a good, entertaining, fun series to watch. But um, yeah, both came on top, like you predicted. Yep, yep. Brandon, what you got on the series? Um, that was a great series. Wasn't worried for Tampa uh, after game two. Um I think, I think, what was it? It was Cooper who was saying, like, you know, they, um, the team started to find their rhythm towards the end of game two. Um, mm-hmm. And they, you know, I, I think it was the time off. And I think you're going to probably see that in the first game for Colorado. Um, you get out of your rhythm. Um, and it happens to every team after a sweep or a, a long break in playoffs because you get into that. The game, the games are so much different than practices. And you can, you can have fast, competitive practices, but it's nothing like game and game reactions, um, especially playing against an opponent um, that doesn't like you very much. Your teammates can try to play that way as much as possible, but it's never going to be the same. So, um, you know, Tampa to me gets better every series. And I think after going down 0-2 and winning, rallying off four straight and playing such unbelievable defensive hockey, especially in the last two games, it just, they're just keep on getting better. I think they're in rhythm. Colorado's got to be able to get into rhythm in game one. Otherwise it's going to be, Tough first game, but then it's still early. So um, we'll see how the series goes. But, I mean, I thought it was a very entertaining – I mean, just another great playoff series. 
Um, and it just shows the different, you know, uh, narratives for the East and the West. Like the, the, the West is just like, it's a wild West. It's just scoring. Really? And it's fast. And it's just like, you never know what's going to happen. You never know how many goals are being scored. You never know if you should bet the over or take the under, but in the East, you know, it's always just like, you're going to get those. They keep everybody outside. There's not that much scoring chances. You might have a couple of, you might have one game or like per series where it's like, you know, five, four, or four, three, but you have multiple of those games in the West, but in, in the East, it's defensive hockey and it's stellar goaltending. Yeah, so yeah. I think we're going to, you're going to find, you're going to find a lot of all this stuff meshing together in the cup final. But I, I mean, I thought it was a great series with Tampa and uh, New York. I thought it was unbelievable. Oh. They, um, especially after, I think it was game one when Rangers fans were chanting Igor's better. And the entire hockey world on social media just goes up. You're fucked. Like, you don't ever do that to a guy of Vasilevsky's caliber, especially in the playoffs. Like, look, I understand Igor was very much disrespected during that. Well, I say disrespected. It was rightfully disrespected during that Penguin series because he really struggled for the first couple games. Uh, And by first couple, I mean like first five. But then he locked in, and all of a sudden, uh, the Rangers fans became unbearable because all of a sudden they thought that they were the best team in the world when, in all reality, they couldn't give Shostakhin any help on the offensive side of things. And Shostakhin was keeping them in games, man. It's like 37 saves after 37 saves after 37 saves. Like, it's unbelievable. And at the end of the day... Vasilevsky just outdueled him. And those final four games of that series proved why Vasilevsky is the best in the world. But what I really am looking forward to into this cup final is the battle of, in my opinion, the two best defensemen in the world. I mean, between Kale McCarr and Victor Hedman, um, you can you can put them at one and two however you please, but I do believe they are one and two. Um what I saw from Kale McCarr and well, Gretzky put it perfectly, but uh, and I'll get to that in a second. But what I saw from Kale McCarr on that play when McDavid tried to take him around the outside, and McCarr just skates with him and pokes it away like it was nothing. I'm like, oh my god, this is this kid is like, he's like, he's basically like McDavid, but can skate backwards. Like, but he's like, a defenseman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's unbelievable. Like just watching him, like just kind of maneuver around. But when I saw, I mean, Oilers fans are so used to McDavid just going around people on the outside and being able to to cut back in and just having everybody beat. And when McCarr just shut him down on the outside and didn't let him do anything, Oilers were fucked from there. They had no chance. And it's like. I mean, they deflated the crowd, everything. Uh, so I'm excited to see McCarr versus Hedman, though. Hedman, back-to-back champ. Um, Norris Trophy winner two years ago? Like eight, yeah, something like that. A few years ago. He yeah. should win it every year, but, yeah. Um, but uh, Gretzky, I believe it was after game four, said that McCarr is the best offensive and defensive player 
since Bobby Orr. Yeah, he's very right. Bobby Orr. Combine the two. And so I'm I'm like that's probably the part of this series that I'm most excited for. I mean, Vasilevsky's got the upper hand in that. Probably Colorado's got the upper hand in terms of uh, offense, just in terms of pure scoring. Now, given styles are different, but defensively, man, I'm looking forward to these two top men going after it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what what can get better than that, right? Two of the best defensemen in the world. McCarr is probably top three player overall in the world. He's ridiculous. Um, I think they both. I mean, obviously, it's insane that Hedman can skate the way he does at six foot six, or like two thirty. That's uh, unbelievable. But McCarr, edge work, the way he can like shift. He's so shifty at the blue line. These moves he makes, the way he finds these smallest angles and holes to get to the net, like the pucks to the net. It's unbelievable. His playmaking ability, way to shut guys down. As we saw the one clip, I mean, they could probably could have put a, a compilation through, but him and Devontae together, like they're, they're both unbelievably offensively, but they can shut. They're like, they're shut down there too. It's, it's ridiculous. It has to be like guys the fastest are, D pair in like the history of hockey. I slightly, Oh, also watching the Rangers series. I slightly think Adam Fox is the, a little overrated, in my opinion. Just a slight bit overrated. Great power play QB, but anyway, let's get back to McCarr and Hedman. Um, yeah, there, it's going to be a great battle, I think. Um, but these two, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, both of them. Um, I think McCarr is, slight, is slightly more skilled there. I think Hedman is slightly better defensively and McCarr is slightly better offensively, but um, that's why they even – That's I mean, it's going to be great to watch them compete against each other. Um, McKinnon, I mean, this star-studded lineup for both teams is going to be awesome to watch. I mean, I, this – talked to Brian about this the other day. It's insanely even on paper besides the goaltending. Got to give the edge to the Lightning, but it's insanely even. Slight edge on offense for Colorado, but their back ends are pretty similar, in my opinion. Um, maybe besides – you know, the Lightning don't have Kale McCarr, but then Colorado doesn't have Victor Hedman. Like, it's like a toss-up. It's um, – yeah, it's going to be a – I can't wait until Wednesday, man. It's going to be awesome. I just want the puck to drop already. Yeah. Brandon? I'm super excited for this series. Um, like I was saying, I think Lightning have the goalie edge. Um, they have the defensive edge – just defensively, um, I think Kara has the speed um, to me by far. I think they're just such a fast team. But I think goal scoring ability, it's about even. I mean, you got Stamkos, Kucherov can score really well. We're waiting for Kalorn to break oh, wow. out. Um, McKinnon's just got everything. Speed, hands, plays pretty well defensively, great offense. You got Burakovsky can score, Rantanen, Landis Cog. Um, well, I don't know what's got into Comfer. That guy is yeah, like, there's always that guy that's like that third line or fourth liner that's like, you know, they do okay in the off season. It's like, you know, go back to 2018 for the Cavs, Smith Pelly, fourth liner scores like seven goals all season, seven goals in the playoffs. And you got Comfer score. I think Comfer scored, they were saying 10 goals this regular season. He's got like, like close to eight, or he might be getting close to 10. I think he's got seven or eight this postseason. And so both teams can score. 
Um, I think it's just the speed. Well, I'm, I'm curious to see how Lightning handled the speed of uh, and the forecheck of, of Colorado. But I think you're going to see just a crazy good series. But I think I, I, I would love for this to go seven. But I think in the end, it could go either way. You know how, like, everybody thought Edmonton and Colorado are so comparable. It's going to be a great seven-game series. But, you know, if one team finds the way to win, you're going to see four good games. But, I mean, I could easily see one of these teams sweeping each other. But you're going to get, if it happens, it's not going to be a dominant performance by one team for four games. It's going to be crazy good hockey. Probably the best hockey we've ever seen in the last five years for four games if there is a sweep. I don't think it'll happen, but if it does happen like that or five games, you're going to see every game this in this series is going to be just incredible games. You won't see one team dominate the other. This series is one of the first in a while that I can think of where I'm like, where I well, where I can't say if this team does this, the other team is screwed. Like if Colorado scores in the first couple games, the Lightning aren't screwed. They still have the best goalie in the world. Like the the series is not over. Yeah, you, know, you just saw the Lightning go down too low. But like, same thing if with the Bolts is like if Vasilevsky uh, pitches a shutout in game one and then gives up one in game two. Like this isn't over. The Avalanche can score five in a game. Just like I mean, like on a snap. Like mm-hmm. both of these teams do what they do so well that this is going to be such an evenly matched series, in my opinion. Derek and I were talking about it uh, yesterday, I guess it was. Yeah, it was yesterday. And it's we were going through it. It's like offensively, yeah, the Avs probably have it. Goaltending, the Lightning probably have it. And defense is probably about even, but they're different styles of defenders. Like the Avs have more athleticism than the D-men, and the Bolts have more just kind of shut down who can also play the point pretty well. But And it's like these two teams are very evenly matched, but it's two different styles that – I think if both teams play their styles, it could go seven because both teams do it so well. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this series, man. It's, it's going to be a blast and I love watching Colorado because of just how exciting they are to watch. And um, I'm excited to see if the bolts can, can three peat. Yeah. It's two great stories. I think going into it as well, headline, you know, storylines got, Lightning trying to become a dynasty, which I already think they are. Uh, trying to three-peat first time since the Islanders in the 80s who four-peated. Um, and then just the Avalanche up-and-coming team. They were dog shit like five years ago. They were like dead last in the league. They got McKinnon. He's never won one. Greatest stars in the league. McCarr, Landis, called like all these guys going for their first, right? Um, and then on the other end, Pat Roos started winning four in a row. There's just so many – storylines going in I, I just love it the hype around it is great um yeah i just like i said can't wait for wednesday also can we talk about the scheduling game one is wednesday game two is saturday what is that how does that make sense there is there um, there must be a some, concert or something um, it's playing, on ESPN, probably. right wait hold on it's on yeah. ESPN, right nba nba finals what a league sick yeah. league Yep. So with ESPN now doing it, they've got to work around that. Oh, I love man, the NBA so much. That sucks. Because then after that, it's every two, like every series always is. But like, we're already. That's because so the NBA finals will probably no be hockey. done by then. Yeah. 
no hockey and then we got to wait two more days in between games it's like oh my god the anticipation man how about this oh uh did you guys see what the average price of the ticket was for game one i don't even want to know a thousand bucks lightning abs game one tickets have the highest average sale price since 2010 more than an adele concert or a bad bunny show which is a Measly $1,061. Oh, God. So I was close. What do you say with that second one? You said Adele show. What's the other one? Adele, Bad like the, the singer or Bad Bunny. Yeah. Bad Bunny? He like yeah. does like, uh, he's Hispanic. He does like the, the re- reggaeton or whatever it is. So like he's huge. Megastar. I've never yeah, heard of him. I don't listen to him. I only know about him because he was in a couple of uh, WWE shows past year so that's the only reason why i know who he is incredible that would have no idea incredible well let's go ahead and make the picks huh fine let's do it all right um lightning or avalanche in how many games did i say colorado in 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 the first podcast playoff podcast i feel like i did I'm not going to tell you that because I want your feeling as to what it is right now. Yeah. Fair enough. I had Tampa in Colorado from the start in the final, so I should have put money on it, like five bucks or ten bucks or whatever it was. Could have made some money because I had this from the start. I have Tampa in seven. Mm. And it's going to be an overtime game. Oh, my God. It's going to be Tampa 3-2 final. I'm just saying, I'm making it exciting. I got Tampa in game seven. They're going to win 3-2. Just, just crazy. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but that'd be, no, I'm, sure. just gonna throw, I'm going to throw out a wild prediction. And Drama. I got Alex Kalorn game winner. <laughs> His first of the playoffs? <laughs> yep, first of the playoffs. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know what? It's either him or Pat Maroon. Dude, it's either him, like Hagel, or Pat Maroon. Yeah. If they go to overtime in Game Seven, Pat Maroon's not gonna see the ice. <laughs> no, it's not. You get no shifts. Biggest beauty in the league, though. But he will get zero shifts if, they, if any of these games go to OT. <laughs> Imagine Pat Maroon out there against McKinnon. See ya. I love it, Derek. Your pick. Um. So. A few things are going to go into my pick. Yes, I am a Lightning fan. I feel like people have figured that out by now. But the Lightning no just went eight and two without star center Braden Point. Um, he's coming back. I don't know if it's game one. It's extremely probable, as John Cooper said um, yesterday, whatever it was. He practiced today on a line with Paul and uh god i don't even remember but anyway i believe he's gonna he's gonna play him at 80 percent is probably better than most players in the nhl um who the hell knows if kadri even comes back if he does let's just say he does um points gonna be back um i don't want to be hop on brandon's back on this one but my prediction before he went with lightning in seven i'm gonna stick with it Bolts in seven. Everybody's betting against the Bolts. They are underdogs going into the series. They're like plus 160 or 150 to win for all the bet, uh, sports bettors out there. So they are the underdog. 
um, which is hilarious because they're going, they've won the last two cups. Um, I just love the disrespect that people are giving them. Um, I've been arguing with a lot of people the last couple of days because they really think that the Lightning can't beat the Avalanche. There's no chance, and there is definitely a big chance that they can. Um, we've already gone over how it's going to be an even series. It's going to be super even. That's why I'm going with in seven um, because they have the best goaltender in the world in their crease. Um, he stays healthy. Um, he is, I mean, who, who's to bet against him, right? When he's in the crease, I, I don't know. I just can't uh, can't bet against him. So bolts in seven. Shocker, I know, but I'm going bolts in seven. Well, I'm going to be the one difference of opinion here. I'm going to go – I'll go seven because I want it to go seven and it would be fun if it went seven. So I'm going to go Avalanche in seven, even without Kadri. They just have so many playmakers. And just, I mean, one through like nine forwards, I mean, they just – they can make plays all over the ice. Look, um, Arturi Lekkonen's been playing really, really well. Uh, Brandon mentioned that Comfer's playing really well. These guys are absolutely firing right now. And Bo Byram's been playing well. I mean, even the even the lower-end D-men for them are just, uh, are just really athletic and really good. And... Hopefully, for my prediction's sake, Kemper, Kemper can steal them four games. But I think if the Avalanche are going to win this, they're going to score a lot of goals, and they're going to have to get it past Vasilevsky, which is a tough task. But um, Kemper is going to have to be a little better than he was, and uh, and we're going to have to see some magic from McCarr and McKinnon. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Avalanche in seven. I, I love McKinnon. I don't I. Don't know if I've actually expressed that on this podcast, but I love McKinnon, one of my favorite players in the league, and um, be cool to see him win a cup. Yeah, I kind of expected that from you. You are uh, quite the McKinnon fan. I'm like a secondary avalanche. I mean, I've I've liked the Avalanche before they kind of became well before this season at least. I got me a McKinnon jersey what two years ago? Yeah, like two years ago. So I uh, Don't blame you, man. He's uh. He's, he's fun to watch. On ice. He's he fun is. to watch. He's very he gets he's so, electric. He gets so overshadowed because of McDavid, I think. Like they're both very like fast and like electric players, but everyone's like, oh, McDavid's the best in the world, which I feel so. But like I feel like McKinnon just doesn't get the praise he deserves in that. Aspect, I think so. everyone I think you say that because yeah, McDavid and everyone always slots him number two. Yeah. McDavid, and McDavid. which rightfully so. McDavid is the best in the world, and there's zero question about that so it's like i mean i get it but um i don't know i like watching making him play i like watching him fly man all right let's move into some news eh so this one boring this one kind of surprised me a little bit um i don't know about you guys but bruce cassidy was relieved of his duties from the boston bruins after seven (laughs) years um he has been a head coach for nine total years um, a 245, 108, and 46 record in 399 games for the Boston Bruins, including winning, or excuse me, going to the Stanley Cup final in 2019 and losing to the St. Louis Blues. They got knocked out by Carolina in the first round. 
And the first thing that popped up on Google when I typed in Bruce Cassidy is that Vegas is eyeing Bruce Cassidy as their next head coach. So um, a, it's not, there's going to be a lot of transitions behind the bench in the NHL this offseason. And Bruce Cassidy is and Bruce Cassidy and Barry Trotz are probably the top two names that we will see go be heavily sought after. Yeah, um, I, I feel like if um, nobody – if somebody says they're not shocked this happened, I feel like they're idiots because they made the playoffs every single year. They even made a Stanley Cup final and lost in Game 7 against the Blues in 2019. It's a bit of a joke. There's rumors, murmurs going around on Twitter that the young players, you know, he didn't resonate well with the young players, whatever. He was a great coach. I think the veteran guys liked him. Um, the next team that signs him is going to be very lucky, and they're going to be a successful team too. Um, if he can keep up what he did in Boston and take that elsewhere. Um, it was a bit of a shock, but um, maybe the Bruins are sick and tired of not, you know, being a first-round or second-round exit lately. So, I don't know. A little switch up, you know, It's it just adds to the coaching carousel in the NHL. Your job is never safe. And I feel like it was a domino effect. Once Trotz got fired, everyone's like, well, holy shit, Barry Trotz. So, a bit shocking, yeah. I'm going to piggyback on that. Very shocking. Um, but, like I said, next team to get him is going to be uh, very pleased. With Thankfully for Bruce Cassidy, the Capitals have Alexander Ovechkin. What? What does that mean? The year that uh, so Bruce Cassidy was head coach for the Caps for a year and about a quarter, and yeah. the quarter that he was the head coach, they were so terrible that they ended up just sucking the rest of the season too. Ended up with the next pick, uh, got the number one pick in the draft the next year, and got Alex Ovechkin. Love that. Yep. Thanks. <laughs> so thank you, Bruce Cassidy, for the Washington Capitals having Alex Ovechkin. Thanks, <laughs> Alex. Which, in turn, thank you for the 2018 Stanley Cup champ, uh, Stanley Cup. Um, Come on. I know. So, Brandon, what are your thoughts on, oh. on Cassidy being fired? I mean, that's I, – I, I still can't believe it. I mean, he's kind of the pinnacle of Boston Bruins hockey for the past seven years. Um, I think they have their reasons. So, I can't – I don't know what's going on in Charlene. I can't comment really on it enough. I don't really know. So – you know, whatever, you have your reasons. I don't think they should have fired him. I think he was a great coach. But, you know, if they have their, their reasons to do it. However, I think that when you look into it more in depth over the past years, you need to really take a long look at the president and the GM because they have drafted so poorly. Oh, I saw this. And it's, oh, it's brutal. Can't be, it can't be his fault that they draft like shit and don't have anybody to come back up there, aging veterans who have taken, I mean, great on the GM and stuff for getting these guys their contracts like Marchand, Pasternak, and, and um, Bergeron and keeping them at this these great prices. But you have done nothing for them to bring in, to draft people to come and help them because now you're left to pay guys and – Taylor Hall took a, you know, a decent price. And, but now you're seeing these guys where you aren't having guys take decent prices and they want to go like McAvoy, what did, what did he get over nine? And that's just the trend of how the D are going, or, or maybe I, I can't remember. Maybe he hasn't been signed yet and he's, they're projecting that he's going to take nine, but he has. he has, yeah, that's right. So he, he, I mean, that's just the way the young defensemen are the trend is for them, but you still have done so poorly. Three first round, was it 
three or four years ago, six years ago. I don't remember how many, many years ago it was. Three picks in a row in the first round, and you draft Senison, who I don't even know if he's on the team anymore. Um, the one guy that's on the team right now. DeBrusque? DeBrusque and someone else who's like a career minor leaguer. Yeah, the the two I think the two first round picks that are actually that actually turned out to be competent NHLers since Cassidy came into the position were McAvoy and Nebraska. No, but McAvoy wasn't part of those three. It was, I, it was no, it no, was, or, no. I'm talking about like since Cassidy came into. Oh the yeah, like I think the only two first rounders that that actually panned well, out for De- them were McAvoy and Nebraska. And DeBrusque is, is one of those three guys that was picked in a row. And DeBrusque is the best of the three. And he's like, what, a, a top nine guy at best? Yeah. He's been mostly a bottom six, can probably play second line if you need him to, but not really. Mm-hmm. And he wants to be traded. So it's like your GM sucks. Yeah. They got to take a long, hard sucks. look. But um, it's always, it always is the head coach who's the first to go. Which is stupid. And I, and I, and I want to comment. This is my last comment. I think it's awful. How many coaches are getting fired? Like the Islanders, huge mistake. You're going to suck dick <laughs> for the next five years because mm-hmm. you let Barry Trotz go. <laughs> you, that's like the best coach in the league. Come on. What the fuck are you doing firing <laughs> Barry Trotz? You stupid idiots. <laughs> I love make it. Some, you idiots. Make some, make some better trades and make some pay some better players. You got this aging core. You have Barzell, who's the youngest guy, and – you are have this aging core. Like you're paying Brock Nelson six million dollars. You're paying your third line center five million dollars. What are you doing? It's not Barry Trotz. It's your fucking GMs. And it's your it's your overpayment of guys. Don't overpay guys and give shitty contract. If you're gonna pay them a lot of money, give them three years, maybe four at the most. Do not give these guys six million dollars for eight years or six years and expect your team to be good in a couple of years when they're aging. Brock Nelson's what thirty two. Six million. He got six times six. Boom. I love, I love how it's Bruce the GM's Cass- fault. Bruce Cassidy it's the GM's fault. It's not the coach's the fault. <laughs> not the coach's fault. It's the GM's fault because they give out shitty contracts. And the players for underperforming. It's the GM's. Owners need to look at their GM's because it's GM. We need a, there should be a GM firing carousel, not a coach's carousel. It should be a GM carousel. Yeah. Three. That'd be cool. You could you imagine like just everyone like everyone who's fired their coaches just like fired their GMs instead, and it's like, oh, if I'm the owner, if I'm if if the way this is going, if I'm the owner of the Boston Bruins, I'm firing my GM, my assistant GM. I'm firing uh, which one's the is it the um, what's his name is the president? Um, Neely, Cam Neely. I'd fire him. I'd fire the GM. I'd fire those guys. It's not their fault. I mean, it's not, it's not Cassidy's fault. It's the GMs. Yep. The guys that are pay, are building this team. It's their fault. Yep. Well, it's that's Lou Lamarillo's uh, fault in, in in New York. It's Lou Lamarillo's fault, not very Barry much. So. Very much so. Screw yeah. Lou. Let your boys grow beards. <laughs> Dinosaur. I love it. I love it. Um. Well, guys. Stanley Cup final is here. And actually, so hold on. Let's let's debate something. Well, maybe not even debate. Just let's just come together real quick and, and let's let's talk about something. How busy is you guys' weeks 
over the next week and a half. Why? Shall we record between each game? Little mini I mean, pods if, within the pod. We can if they're if they're like if the schedule's this bad. What am I going to do? I know. I mean, like people. Well, we totally hear can something. after game one. Totally can after game one. I'll Absolutely. tell you what. I can't do Thursday night after game one, but I could do Friday. And I mean, they play Saturday, so yeah, we can still do that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the Avs host game one. Yep. They yeah. are. They had 119 points in the regular season. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Don't question. Um, Quite a few points. All right. Well, maybe so we, we can do. Maybe we can do maybe, Friday we can night or Saturday morning. Yeah, maybe we can. I cannot Saturday morning. I'm going to the lake on Saturday morning. Get a little little vacation. Friday. You're sick. Friday we can do. Friday we can do. Okay. Eric gets off early on Friday too. It's beautiful. Yay. That's great. Closing at eight instead of nine. Woo. Woo. All right. Well, yeah. Let's, let's do that. Let, let's give the people what they want and we shall. We shall record many episodes within the episodes. Little little game reactions. Could be Works like 15 me. to 30 minutes, somewhere in there. I'm either going to be real excited or real depressed. Let's do it. Oh, man. Are we going to get depressed, Derek? Game one. Why would you get depressed? Calm down. Bud Light. It's okay. Bud Light will be um, my friend. Flowing. Flowing. Absolutely flowing out the can. Hold All right, on. guys. Hold on. Hold on. Well, what? Derek, how are we going to go play this hockey game on Wednesday when it's game one? I'm not going to go play this game. Games at 8. Yeah, games at 8-10. Or 10-10, sorry. Never mind. The game will be – so the game will almost be over. Never mind. I'm thinking it's. I'm thinking West Coast, 10 p.m. game. No. Nope. Playoffs, I forgot. 5 p.m. game for them. 8 p.m. game for us. Yikes. Here's my last comment I'll leave the podcast with today. I love Stanley Cup Finals which I'm super excited about, but I'm also super excited because it's another week closer to the offseason, which means free agency, which I absolutely love. Is Whatever that day is in July this year. Is it July? Sure. Let's do it, yeah. I can't wait for the draft. I can't wait for free agency, but I'm looking forward to the cup. Absolutely. Well, make sure you guys go follow us on Twitter at the Sinbin Pod, and we will keep you updated throughout the Stanley Cup final. Um, if the bolts start having a rough night, I'll just take over the Twitter because I know Derek will, have not, anyway. want, will not want to uh, to tweet if the if the bolts are not doing. You'll well. have it anyway. I'm going to be at work. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll I'll, uh, I'll be sure to, to watch keep it not biased. You might look. I work at 5 a.m. on Thursday, so I'm going to need you to at least tweet the end of the of game one because I'm not staying up until 11. If I gotta work it's at five, dude, it's fine. It's a cup final, Brian. Don't be a bitch. Well, if it's, like, bitch, if it's like five Brian. to one or something, I'll go to bed. But if it's like two to two or something, I'll stay up. Oh, okay. We can make a deal there. We can make a deal. There. That's fair. OT game fair. one. Yeah, yeah. All right. We'll see, make sure you go we'll follow us on Twitter. Seven games. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter at what I just said. And um, we love you guys. Happy hockey. Yeah.